Thank you, Mrs. D'Agostino, for leading that time. And we're going to spend a few minutes here, um, just a couple of minutes together, talking about this word, hope. And when you sat down, hopefully there was a, I hope there was a chair on your, there was a candle on your chair, and on that candle was a rubber band. Would you just grab that? Or, I'm sorry, I'm not, you New Englanders, an elastic, right? An elastic on, on, the, uh, on the candle or a rubber band. Uh, so go ahead, and, go ahead and take that. And if you don't have one, you can grab one uh, from around you. I'm sure we could find you one in the back. But just hang on to this for a minute. Just hang on to this rubber band for a minute. We'll talk about it. The Apostle Peter, uh, one of the disciples that was with Jesus when he was here on this earth, he wrote a couple of letters in the Bible. And in his first letter... He starts it off to these early Christians in the first century, and he says these words. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's that word again, hope. And Peter says that for those who follow Jesus, they don't just have hope, they have a living hope. And I want to talk for a few minutes about what this word hope means. Because Peter, when he talks about this word hope, he talks about it in a very positive way. This is a good thing, that that those of us that follow Jesus, we have a living hope, he says, because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. But some of us, we're not too sure about hope. In fact, some of us have have gotten burned by hope in the past, haven't we? Had a, a pastor that used to lead Mount Hope. His name was Pastor uh, Bob Crosby years ago. And he used to always say that all of us have a hope tank. And, they, and he would ask the question, how full is your hope tank right now? And I wonder if you would take an evaluation of yourself. How full is your hope tank right now as you look at your family and you look at the world around you and you see what's, what happens each day in, in this world in which we live? How, how full is your hope tank? If you're like me, uh, it varies from day to day or even news story to news story. I could watch one story and be hopeful about the, the state of our world. And then I watch another one and that hope tank goes down a little bit. There's this... Uh, English phrase that gets used at the end of each soccer season or football season in England. They say uh, these words. They say it's the hope that kills you, right? And it's that that moment when, when your team is either going to win and move up a tier or maybe lose and be relegated down a tier. Uh, It's the, it's the hope that, that kills you. And we all kind of know that feeling, right? I, I, I imagine that the the people of France as they watch their team in that World Cup final know that feeling, right? It's the hope that kills you. Your team's behind and then they tie uh, and then they end up losing. It's the the hope that kills you. It's like that feeling. I I feel like it might be the feeling that I get every time I go to a a website that I know I'm going to have to log into and I haven't been there in a long time. And I'm hoping that my username and password auto-populate. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because the last thing I want to do is hit forget password and walk through that whole charade of, of fixing my password. And, and I, I log in and those two fields are blank. And then I, oh, it's the hope that kills you, right? 
Or let's say maybe the Patriots just need to win their last three games to make the playoffs and they go down 22 nothing and come back 18-22 to and you think that maybe they have the chance to win the game and then they fumble and lose the game at the end, right? Is that too close? Is that too real? And it's the hope that kills you. So some people think very positively about hope. And others people, like we know that feeling of hoping that something will happen, hoping that life will turn out a certain way, hoping that things will go right, hoping things for our children, hoping things for our families, hoping things for our work, for school, and getting let down. We talk a lot about hope at Christmas. The Bible says a lot about hope when it comes to Jesus coming and being born and coming again. And the question is, what is the difference between the hope that we would have and things in this world turning out the way we want them to and the hope that Peter talks about here, this living hope? I mean, what's the difference between the two? And some of you, I bet you walk in the room tonight and you're sitting in this place or those of you that are watching us online and your hope tank is nearing empty. I know for many people, uh, Christmas is not a joyous time. It's a really difficult time. I was just talking with one family recently that lost a member of the family just about a week ago. And you know how that goes. Now every time Christmas rolls around... That loss is there. And some of you, you walk in tonight and that's the feeling that you have. Some of you feel like you're alone this weekend and everybody else has plenty of people to be with. And so you come in and you're watching online and that hope tank that you have is low. And you've made the mistake in the past of getting your hopes up before, but you're not going to do that again. Because no matter how many times you get your hopes up, it just never quite works out. I want to suggest to you tonight that there's a big difference between hope as we typically talk about it in our world and hope as the Bible talks about it in Jesus Christ. See, hope is all about how we wait for things. Hope is that it's what comes in between what has already happened in the past and what we want to happen in the future. And we find ourselves in this place of waiting. And I don't know how how good you are at waiting. I tend to be not a, a great patient waiter. But hope is all about how we wait for something. How we anticipate something. And so often in our world, when we talk about hope, what we're saying is, is that we are optimistic that things are going to turn out well. That we have a positive mindset that, that even though circumstances aren't perfect, and even though there's so many things out of our control, we hope that things will turn out a certain way. And that's what we mean by hope. We try to think positively, no matter what happens in this world. We try to... Keep that glass half full, even though there's so many things that are outside of our control. But there's a big difference between optimism and positive thinking and hope. True hope needs something that's sure and confident. 
True hope needs something that's going to happen. I was reading a, a, a commentator over the last couple of weeks who I really liked what he said. He said that hope has three elements. Biblical hope has three elements. It's trust in the past, anticipation of the future, and confidence in the present. And I like that. Trust in the past, anticipation in the future, and confidence in the present. When we talk about hope in the biblical aspect, we're talking about having trust in what has already happened. And what has already happened is exactly what we celebrate tonight and tomorrow as Christians. To say that we believe that Christ has come, that the Messiah that God talked about for generations through his prophet has actually come, and that he came and that he lived, was born in that manger, and that he lived and that he died and he rose again and ascended into heaven. We have trust that that has already happened. And we have assurance of what is going to happen. That just like Christ has come, he will come again. To set everything straight. To make everything right. To bring justice to this earth. And so we wait with confidence. I'd like for you to take that rubber band. Would you take that rubber band and just hold it? I want you to stretch it to the point that it almost feels like it's going to break. Don't break it, but stretch it to that point that it almost feels like it's going to break. One of the Hebrew words for hope that's used over 40 times in the Old Testament is the word kavah. And kavah is this Hebrew word to wait, but it has this element uh, it's used to talk about a cord that is stretched almost to the point of breaking. And it's that tension that you feel as you hope. The tension between what is and what you hope will come. And at Christmas, this is the tension that you and I feel. The kavah while we're waiting. Just the other day, we were celebrating Christmas um, as a church staff, and we were near the Bilrica Common. And as we were out on the Bill Ricker Common, they had this, this really nice light display, this beautiful sort of peaceful display of all the Christmas lights that, that lit up in the middle of the night. And that was a beautiful thing to look at. But if you turned around and looked just across the street, you would see different lights. You would see the headlights of all the cars that were in line to receive food from the Bill Ricker Food Pantry. And so to, you turn one way and you see the lights of celebrating what has happened and what will happen. That God has sent light into the darkness through his son and that his son will come again. And you turn the other way and you're reminded of the tension. That things are not the way they're supposed to be. As we wait, we wait with these verses in mind. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. It says that our faith is the assurance of things hoped for, that we're sure of what we hope for, and the conviction of things not seen. There you go. And in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, the writer writes, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. I love that idea, that picture of hope as an anchor. 
Because no matter how the waves and the winds of this world toss things around, the hope that you have and I have in Jesus Christ anchors our soul down to a place that is firm and steady. So I don't know where you are tonight here in this place. Whether you're someone that says you follow Jesus Christ with your life. Maybe you're someone that has not made that decision. If you're someone who is really, uh, has a real problem with that sort of decision. Maybe you started part of your life believing that and following that, but you've walked a different path. I want to remind you tonight that there is nothing sure in this world. There is nothing guaranteed in this world. And because of that, there is no true hope in this world. There's optimism, there's positive thinking. But for true hope, you need something that is sure. And what is sure is that Christ has come and Christ will come again. So this is my prayer for you tonight. My prayer for you is the same prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Rome. And it's in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Will you pray with me and I'll invite our worship team to come as we prepare to close tonight. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the hope that we can have in you. The hope that even with the tension that exists in this world while we wait, that we can be assured that our faith is not in vain. God, I thank you for the truth that you have sent your son into this world, that light has come into darkness. Lord, I thank you for the truth that anyone that follows Jesus, that light comes into our lives. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room, whether circumstances seem great right now or circumstances are really difficult, I pray that the hope that comes through Jesus Christ might fill them with all joy and peace in believing. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the truth that we, that you will come again and make everything right. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.